Welcome to the ICU podcast. I'm your host, Callie, a registered dietitian living with interstitial cystitis. Each week, I'll be diving into hot topics in the IC world, giving others a platform to share their story, and I may even reveal some of my favorite nutrition tips. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of ICU. Today, I have Tara Soleil with me. Welcome, Tara. I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) Do you want to give the listeners a quick introduction on who you are and what you do? Sure. So my name is Tara. So I started off my career working as a pelvic floor physical therapist. um, And then I kind of transitioned to working more with yoga and mindfulness practices, meditation, because I kind of felt like it was like a missing piece for people who were dealing with more like chronic pelvic conditions that they didn't really have. Like I would refer them to do yoga, but there was no one really specific that kind of understood what was going on with them. So now that's kind of what I do. Um, So I'm basically helping people with chronic pain and in the pelvic health world, using yoga and meditation to help with their symptoms. I love that. And (laughs) as you said that, I was thinking, yeah, I I haven't really met anyone else that is professionally doing it. I mean, there is um, there is someone, the Yoga for IC account that is someone I've had on this podcast before, and she's great. That's Loretta. Uh-huh. But she's not like a practitioner or anything. She's just an IC patient who is doing yoga, which is I gotcha. fantastic. Um, but I love that, you know, you're a trained a trained PT and you're doing that. So when did you make the switch from pelvic floor PT to doing the whole yoga thing? So it was about like two years ago or so. And like my last year, like when I was practicing, so the clinic that I was at, we saw a lot of like more like um, people with pelvic health that were more like dealing with chronic issues. So, you know, there's a percentage of people that definitely do get better with pelvic PT, but then there's this other percentage that they're like improving, but they're not getting to the quality of life that they want. So I would often, cause I always practiced yoga. I would be like, okay, well let's add in some yoga. Maybe we need to like work on that to downregulate the nervous system. And I found that like sending them to like a general like beginner's class was just like not working <laughs> yeah. because like it's just, it's hard to like, know. like when you go there, I mean, it is generalized, so you can't like fault the yoga teacher or anything like that, but these kind of patients needed something more specific. Like they didn't need to be going to do, you know, maybe strengthening at some point, but really what I wanted them to be going to yoga to do was to work on more of that stretching relaxation kind of work. So I was like, all right, well, why don't I like, do my yoga teacher training. I always wanted to do it anyway. So I was like, let me do it. And it was like, so transformational for me personally, that at that point I was like, this is really where I want to dedicate my time to. So then I kind of made the switch. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. I remember in in college, um, I, I played volleyball at a D2 school and our coach would have us do in the off season weekly yoga. And I, could not stand yoga just because I'm not flexible. I would get frustrated with myself. So I literally scheduled a class during the yoga time (laughs) so that I didn't have to go to it. And it was this whole thing where one of my teammates like told on me to the coach that like, I did put a class during yoga. And I like, (laughs) 
sort of got in trouble, but it nothing really happened there. So I just think that's really funny. And yeah. I found that, yeah, doing now, now that I'm, you know, 26, I'm, I've done the pelvic floor PT, you know, there's only so, so much progress you can make in there. Cause I, I've been yeah. going for eight years now. And yeah. so I found that, you know, doing some gentle stretching and, you know, breathing exercises does really help. So I can imagine like how much you help people with what you do. Yeah. Because I think, you know, like I said, some people do like it, pelvic PT, right. could take you so far and it definitely can be really, really helpful to have manual therapy to help with the tightness. But like, you know, the people that I wanted to help were like these people that were coming in for so long, like they're coming in for more like, okay, well now, you know, my pelvic floor feels tight again. Like, why is it getting tight again? Can we like get more to the root of the problem? And can you, you know, take control back and maybe help, you know, yourself not get into that state. And that's kind of what like yoga is teaching you to do. It's helping improve that body awareness, improve, you know, the awareness of when those muscles are getting tight and being able to relax them. So it's like, and you don't need to be flexible to do yoga. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, that's probably a huge misconception. One, yeah, one, it can help improve your flexibility. So, you know, that's, that's one part of it. But yeah, there's so many ways to like modify poses and make it work for you and your body. Like, you know, you don't have, you really don't have to flexible to do yoga. Don't think that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've just, in my mind, blocked block the idea of yoga out and just kind of I, I mean I do that with a lot of things that like I think are hard and don't want to do yeah. so that's a that's a <laughs> me problem that I'm working through but yeah 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 so so what can can you kind of break down like what you help people do like what it looks like to work with you and how you help them get through their, their chronic pain, public pain issues? Yeah. So, I mean, the approach I really take is really working on like your entire being. So we are working on the physical body, you know, through our yoga practice, like working on flexibility, strengthening those kinds of things, but we go way deeper than that. So we're also working on, you know, the mental health aspect, the mind. And then I also do like energy work, working with more of like, so I say it's mind, body, soul. So then working with that kind of like soul aspect, our energy, um, the way I kind of describe it is, you know, we're not really the body. We're not really the mind. We really are this soul or this, you know, we're separate from it. So working on all three of those aspects to really, you know, facilitate healing on a really, really deep level. So if you want to know kind of like a little gist of like what we would actually do like in, in like a session or going through a program. So we still do work on the physical body. And usually that's where I start with people because, you know, I think that's like the easiest place to start is to start, you know, with something that we're comfortable with. Like some people aren't comfortable all right, jumping right to energy work. So let's work with the physical body first and, you know, get you moving, moving the body is, you know, healing in so many ways and that's going to indirectly even work with our energy and those kinds of things so yeah. a lot a lot of like my you know when we're moving the physical body it's not like a typical yoga class that you might see where people are doing a lot of like sun salutations or you know chaturangas I don't know how much how many <laughs> yoga poses you know very um, few. 
Yeah. So, I mean, my style in teaching that way, it's more of like this, like kind of slow flow kind of movement. So we're like really taking it slow, moving the body in different directions. And if I am dealing, you know, working with someone who has pelvic health um, concerns or IC, so then we're going to focus a lot on poses that are going to help stretch and relax the pelvic floor. So for IC as well, I do a lot of, um, poses that are also going to help stretch and kind of relax through like the abdomen. Cause that also tends to get tight. Um, cause it's like kind of like the abdominal muscles, the pelvic floor muscles are trying to really like protect you, um, from this pain or from your, you know, urinary urgency, those kinds of things. So we work on poses that are going to like relax that area. And what we're kind of doing is really like tuning into it. Like, what does it feel like when it's relaxed? And that's kind of going to help you start to bring this into your everyday life. Mm-hmm. If that kind of makes sense. So that's kind of yeah. like the, the, you know, gist of like where we would start. And then I do also do a lot of meditation um, as well with clients. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A couple of thoughts. So can you tell yeah. me a couple of like the poses that are helpful mm-hmm. for people with IC? Yeah. I'll give you like, so like my favorite, so happy baby is really the best one to really stretch the pelvic floor, which probably a lot of people know, you know, yeah. and we give that in physical therapy as well. A lot of times, like it's one right. of the poses. So you could do it either like modified where you're like holding like the inner ankles and then the knees kind of just like go out to the side. Like, so you're not all the way in happy baby. That's kind of like that pose. I actually almost sometimes like better than full happy baby when you're holding onto your feet and like bringing like the feet kind of back to the shoulder. I laugh every single time <laughs> I do happy baby. Like it is hilarious. Yeah. Just, as an adult, like posing like that. I just think it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> I even catch my boyfriend doing it sometimes. I'm like, you like happy I mean, baby. <laughs> I mean, it's a good stretch for sure. Um, but I think like if you're trying to like actually like tune into the pelvic floor muscles and like kind of like be able to feel them and feel them relaxing. I find that the modified version is a little better. Not that you can't do both. I mean, I do both. Like if you want a deeper stretch, go into full happy baby. But I find that doing that modified version is an easier way to like tune into those muscles. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's probably like the best one for the pelvic floor. And then in terms of like stretching through like more like the lower abdomen and like kind of over like that bladder region. I like to do like Sphinx pose. So that's when you're laying on your stomach and you like prop up on your elbows. Mm-hmm. Love that sense. one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one to kind of stretch through the abdomen. Um, so that's like the modified. And then if you want to like do a further stretch, then you could go into like full Cobra where your hands are under your shoulders and you're straightening through the elbows, lower body is relaxed and that'll stretch even more through the abdomen. So it's like my favorite, like poses for like someone dealing with bladder pain, IC, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I love those two. And my other favorite one would be a figure four. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm addicted to doing the figure four just because my hips feel so tight and my glute, yeah. it, it just feels so helpful for me. And then the other yeah, one that I one. love is, uh, I think it's called the Lotus where you're just laying and your knees fall out. Yeah. Like a bound, it's called like bound angle pose. Bound or it's like angle. a butter. It's like a butterfly. I feel like most people know it as like yeah, a Yeah, like a stretch. laying down butterfly. Yeah, definitely that one I find is like better in like when you lay down. Cause I think when you sit up, it's kind of hard to relax into it, depending too on like how tight your hips are. So right, right. So yeah, tell me more about the meditation. 
Yes. <laughs> um, I think meditation is like really underrated on like how powerful it could be like for healing. Maybe not underrated. I think like sometimes we think how we think about how meditation can really help with mental health issues, which it can, but I think it's underrated in how much it could help with like physical health issues or physical things that are going on with our body. But, you know, when you are dealing with like IC, you know, for the most part, I don't know how much like you've already talked to your listeners about like the nervous system being like overactive. We've had a couple of episodes about it, okay. but you know, go, go for it. Tell, tell us <laughs> again, tell us your perspective on that. So when you're dealing with something like IC and like, right, your bladder is like either painful or you're constantly having like this urge, like your nervous system is kind of like in this heightened state. So you're living like more in the sympathetic nervous system. And, you know, the sympathetic nervous system, it's fine to be in that nervous system when it is like a fight or flight kind of situation. But really the most, like most of our time, we want to be in the parasympathetic nervous system. So that's our resting kind of state. So with meditation, it's a really, really great way to help kind of calm the nervous system down. And I find, especially when you're dealing with these kind of like bladder issues and feeling like that you have that frequency, that urgency, if we could help the nervous system calm down and bring that state down, then it could be really, really helpful at, you know, kind of giving you control back over your bladder, you know, because like what we want to do through meditation is like your, your bladder is not the one in control. And like, I know for people who are dealing with IC, like it could feel like, yes, it feels like your bladder is controlling you. Right. But you are the one in control. So through meditation, through calming down the nervous system and practicing mindfulness, we're kind of like reteaching the body, like, no, like I'm in control, not the bladder. Right. right. So that's kind of what we're doing, like through that. So what's okay. I don't know if this is a dumb question, but what's the difference between <laughs> mindfulness and meditation? So, I mean, you could practice like mindfulness meditation or like there's different types of meditation that you can practice. Right. So like mindfulness is like being mindful, like of like the sensations in your body um, and, you know, being mindful that you are the one that's like in control of what's going on. Um, but I kind of like use them interchangeably. Like I'm not like there are like mindfulness, like practitioners out there. Like that's not like exactly what I do. I just kind of like incorporate it into my practice, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of meditation, like there's really like so many, I mean, pretty much the goal of meditation is always going to be the same. Like you're basically closing down your eyes, maybe tuning into your breath. Right. And you're really just working on like letting go of control. So whatever way you get there, it's really all kind of has the same, same goal. Okay. So for someone who's listening to this, that has never done any type of meditation or breathing mm -hmm. exercises before, like, what would you recommend them starting with? I think guided meditations are really the best place to start. So like, and also starting with like a short time. So like a short, like five minute guided meditation. I think that's the easiest way because then you're having someone that's kind of like guiding you through the process and you're not like just sitting, listening to music, focusing on your breath and then feeling like you can't do it. Like you're getting lost in your thoughts. Um, so I, that's where I would start. But I would also say like, when you do have thoughts that are like coming up and you feel like, you know, you're not focusing on being in the present moment. Like that's normal. Like we all have like thoughts that are going to pop up here and there. And like the point of it is just to notice it and then just like bring your attention 
like back to your breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we, we recently talked about that on one of our group calls for road to remission. And we were all saying how, when we do like guided breathing activities, like our minds just go crazy, like thinking about everything we need to do. Like, Oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Yeah. later? And it's like, yeah, you need to notice it and then just kind of let it go, which is easier said than done. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's not easy, but I think even just like accepting it, like, okay, like it's okay that it's happening is like the first like step, like don't, cause then people get frustrated and then they feel like they can't meditate, but like, no, like that happens to all of us. Like even people like, I mean, who are probably like super seasoned, like med- meditators, right? Like they don't just sit down and all of a sudden their mind is empty. Like it, it, it happens to all of us. We have a lot of thoughts that are going to come up. So just noticing it, accepting it, it's okay. And bring your attention back to where you want it to be. You know, don't let that like steer you away from thinking I can't meditate. Right. No, I, I think just taking five minutes a day to do something like that is really helpful. And I, I recently, well, a couple months ago started going to bar classes like on a daily Uh basis. And I love it because at the last five minutes of class, they will take us through like a guided breathing. And after that, I'm just like, I I have sometimes like fallen asleep during it. It's just so relaxing and calming. And then when you're done, like you, you feel ready to take on the day. And yeah, I, I just, it goes to show how powerful that is. And I, I think, like you said, meditation is super underrated. And I feel like yeah. when we hear the word meditation, our brains, or at least mine goes to like watching movies or TV shows where you see someone sitting cross-legged and <laughs> they have their fingers like I don't even know how they have their fingers and they're like saying, um, that's not what it's, it really is. Right. There, I mean, you can meditate like any way, like you don't like, that's also was like a good point you brought up because, you know, depending what people are dealing with, sometimes like sitting's really uncomfortable for them. So you don't have to sit to meditate. Like you can, you can lay down, you know, if it's more like when you're sitting and meditating that it's like, like feeling just like fatigue, like that's fine. Like that, that'll get better, go through it. But like, if it's like you're uncomfortable sitting, you can lay down, you know, there's not like, yeah. And you don't have to do ohms. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Got it. We do not have to do ohms. Noted. Yeah. Uh, All you have to do is close your eyes, focus on your breath, find a position that you could be still in. That would be something I would say is, is more important. Like what position are you most comfortable in that you could, you could be still in for right five minutes. Mm-hmm. And if sitting is not something that is like, feels like I could sit there for five minutes right now, then lay down and use props, use props to make yourself comfortable as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a cushion under your knees, those kinds of things. Yeah. And for me, if it's like too bright and the light is shining in my mm-hmm. eyes, I'll put like a t-shirt over my face just to yeah. make, it, make it a little more chill. Exciting announcement. I just released my first IC cookbook called IC Friendly Summer Eats. It is a summer themed ebook that has over 50 bladder friendly recipes for salads, sandwiches, grilled entrees, sauces, dressings, desserts, and mocktails. Recipes were created by Carrie Cole, a Road to Remission member and IC Recipe Master, and Beverly Levesque, our Road to Remission Support Dietitian. 
There's no way you can have a boring summer with bland food when you own a copy of this ebook. My favorite part is the mocktails. We have recipes for a coconut mojito, a plum cosmo, a not sangria, and so much more. Just picture yourself rolling up to the next barbecue with one of these yummy cocktails in your hand. No one will even notice that there isn't any alcohol in your drink. The best part? Even your non-icy friends and family are going to love these recipes. I'm offering my listeners 30% off the ebook through the end of June so that you all can enjoy these tasty recipes as much as we did in creating them. Head to the link in the show notes, add the cookbook to your cart, and use code ICU, that's I-C-Y-O-U, at checkout to get 30% off now. Hope you enjoy. Do you have any like apps or places where people can find these guided breathing exercises? So on my YouTube channel, I do have probably like four or five guided meditations on my own YouTube channel. Cool. Um, and then, you know, in general, you could even just go on YouTube and literally put in like five minute guided meditation. And there's going to be like a lot that definitely come up. Okay. We'll, we'll link one of yours in the show okay. notes and I've, I've been using, um, there's an app called better sleep. It's just the app that I play sounds on when I sleep. Oh, okay. I'm Cause I'm crazy and I can't sleep without hearing a thunderstorm every night. Um, <laughs> they I, have like, I, I have like a, like white, like a noise, like white noise machine too. Like yeah. I can't sleep with the silence yeah. either. Oh my God. It drives everyone crazy that like, if I go on a trip and I'm in like a hotel room, like I was just in a hotel room with my mom. And she was like losing her mind. I'm like, mom, that's a thunderstorm. Like it's fine. I can't so sleep funny. without it. <laughs> but they have some guided breathings on there. That's my point. Oh, okay. And I, there are a ton of apps out there as well. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely link yours in there. I guess okay, it's cool. just finding one that you, you like. I mean, even the person's voice, like you have to, oh, you have yeah, to for sure. tolerate that. Yeah. Cause I've done them too. And I'm like, oh, like I can't handle this voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that so could funny. really like trigger somebody. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Um, yeah. So I had another question and of course I forgot. Oh, is there a, is there a good time of day to meditate or does that not matter? Um, I mean, I would say what it's better to do it than not do it. So if you know, you only have like time in the afternoon or evening, do it, but technically like the morning or the nighttime, is just going to be better just based on like, I believe like it's like brain waves. Like, so like when you first wake up, you're still like in more of that kind of like closer to that, like sleep relaxed state. And then before you go to bed, you're going to be closer to that sleep relaxed state. So it'll be a little easier, but like, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't meditate in the you know afternoon or the evening. And then sometimes, you know, you know, for me personally, just if I'm feeling like overwhelmed, stressed, whatever, like if I sit and take five minutes, like that's a really good way for me to bring myself back down too. So if you ever feel like you need to like, you know, just take like a reset moment. Definitely go for like, you know, sit for a few minutes. Doesn't even have to be five minutes. It can be like two minutes and like mm-hmm. focus on your breathing. Yeah. I think for a lot of us, our, our nervous systems are upregulated and we need to break that cycle. And yeah. I think this is a great way to do that. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I love, I love what you're doing. I, I feel oh, like you. there's a huge need for this. And, you know, I, I really think that 
you're, you're absolutely going to grow in this space that you're kind of claiming at this time. This is so cool. How can, tell, tell, tell me about your program that you just launched and how people can work with you. Sure. So I I have two, two options. So I have a self-paced course, so it's yoga for chronic pain. Um, so, but it could still be applied to what you're dealing with IC. So basically it takes you through, you know, five different like aspects of like a yoga program. And then it gives you like the guidance on like what you would need to apply it. Um, but I also have like an eight week program that's more one-on-one personalized that people can work with me. So in that program, then you're getting, you know, two sessions per week with me, um, of going through, you know, yoga and meditation. So those are the two options that I have right now. That's awesome. So two sessions a week, that's amazing. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, sometimes like it's, it's something that you probably know, like even with like, you know, nutrition and things like that, like you have to be consistent with it. Like you can't eat good, like two days a week and then yeah. be like, okay, whatever. Right. <laughs> and then think right. it's going to be good. Like you can't do yoga one day a week and then like think like, okay, it's going to have all these like, you know, transformational changes. And it doesn't mean you have to do like, doesn't mean you have to practice for an hour every day, but you do need to be like consistently like keeping up with like these principles and keeping up with keeping it in your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest struggles with making lifestyle changes is just sticking with them. Like yeah. I, I have been doing, um, the pelvic sense course. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I had Evelyn Hecht. She's a PT uh-huh. on a couple I, episodes. Ago. I know who she, she is, right. Yeah. She's in the city, right. I think. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, somewhere near, but I I've been doing her course and it's a 12 week course. And, you know, the biggest issue that I have, not even with that course, I've done like so many other courses, like I've done Nicole Sachs, um, the cure for chronic pain Mm -hmm. course as well, where you have to journal, you know, 20 minutes a day and I can do it for a couple of weeks, but there's always that point that I fall off and just all goes to crap. And so I think that touch point with you twice a week will really help to keep the person, you know, on track for being successful. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, hopefully going forward, then it's something that you like, I don't know what, like, I, this isn't like my thing, but like, I don't know, they say like how long it takes to like create a habit, right? Like, right. It takes like a certain amount of time, so. a certain amount of time. We don't know uh, the amount. I don't know the know exact, but it's definitely like, it's a decently long time, I think. So it's like really like sticking with it through that point. And then hopefully it becomes something that like, you know, you feel better when you do it. So like, I don't know, like even like eating, like, I mean, I personally eat overall healthy for like most of the time. And like then now, because it's so ingrained in me when I don't eat healthy, I feel crappy. Mm -hmm. So like, it's kind of the same thing. Okay. Like you don't do your meditation and you're like, Oh, I didn't feel as great today. Like maybe I need to go back to this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. It's like when people go on diets, like there's always a time that they go off that diet. It's yeah. You can't go your entire life being on a diet unless you have like celiac disease where no, of course you literally not. can't consume gluten. But that that's one of my like biggest issues as I consider myself an anti-diet dietitian. Um, <laughs> well, especially because I have, I worked in weight management for two years when I yeah. became a dietitian okay, I didn't know and that. I worked with the, um, weight loss surgery patients and even non non non-surgical patients, like 
to do these low carb diets or people who even did like keto. People ask me about keto all the time and I literally cringe so hard. And I think most dietitians do because that's not something that you can follow the rest of your life. Like unless you are like crazy, crazy, crazy disciplined. Like, yes, it will help you lose weight, but it's not sustainable. We don't have enough evidence supporting long-term restriction of carbs. Um, so that's like my biggest qualm in the diet world. Um, where was I going with this? That is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, keeping up with a new habit. And I also Googled as you were talking, how long does it take to form a habit? How how long was it? (laughs) And there seems to be a couple different answers. So one thing says 21 days, which I don't think that that's true. Um, there's another that says 18 to 254 days, which oh is my God. a big range. <laughs> so I guess an average that they put is 66 days. So let's, let's just call it at least two months. Okay. And- there we go. So that my eight week program makes sense, right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So what, can you talk about some of the results people are getting as, as they go through your eight week program? Yeah. I will. I'll give you more like in terms of I see then. Um, yeah. so definitely like more control, like over like their bladder and not feeling like, you know, their bladder is controlling their life, you know, um, not having so much of that urinary urgency, that frequency, and then just really like overall, like a generalized kind of thing that people get out of the program is really just feeling like an overall, you know, sense of in general, they're more in control of themselves and their body, um, and feeling like this overall more sense of like calm. Because like a lot of what we're working on is, you know, not letting your stress, like kind of like infiltrate your body, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, not letting mm-hmm. it like, cause we're always going to have stress in our lives, but it's like how we kind of perceive it and how we let it affect us. Right. Mm-hmm. So not letting the stress, like, you know, spike up the chronic pain, spike up the, the bladder symptoms. So that's kind of like what we're helping people with here. Yeah. So getting control back, I think. Yeah a word that popped into my brain, which also gets brought up in my program a lot is feeling more empowered. Yeah. That's a great description of how people can feel after going through programs like ours. Um, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of people in the IMC community and pelvic pain community that just feel out of control with their symptoms. Yeah. Like they feel like they're never going to get a grip and get their life back and do the things that they want. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's kind of like being chained to your house or to your bathroom, even like, I, like yeah. you, there's people who can't go somewhere without being like, okay, where's the bathroom? Like, I'm going to have to go every 10 minutes. And then that like works you up that, that gets you into that stress, that stress cycle. Right. And, right. you know, it sounds like your program can help people, you know, learn how to cope with that and, and just feel more control in situations where they're outliving their lives and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they don't have to panic. Right. Exactly. Right. And it's kind of like coming to like, it's not like, I don't know if I would, I want to say acceptance because like we can still improve, but accepting, okay, like I might need to use the bathroom when I'm out and it's okay, you know, not getting so, so worked up about it, you know, and kind of being like, all right, it, it is what it is. And if I need to use the bathroom, I find a bathroom, 
Right. I think a lot of us get self-conscious and it's like, oh, what are people going to think of me if I'm using the bathroom all the time? Or what if I go on an Mm -hmm. airplane and I have to walk to the bathroom like six different times? And it's like, there's a point where you just need to do what's best for you and listen to your body and, and just not get worked up about what other people are thinking of you. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of like, you know, the yoga philosophy too, when you get into more of like the philosophy of it and those things and like, you know, we're all connected, you know, it's all like love in this world. And, you know, I mean, maybe there is one person maybe that is thinking that, but do we really care what they're thinking, you know, and thinking, you know, that's their own problem that they're That's a reflection of them. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. you can't spend your whole life just worrying about what other people think because then you have no control of your life. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. So, okay. If somebody wants to work with you, how can they follow you on social media or is there um, a website that they can go to? Sure. Um, So yeah, I mean, for more information on like, you know, my courses, and then I have a free consult as well. So you could book that through my website, which is this drtarasoleil.com. And then on Instagram, I'm also drtarasoleil. So you could follow me there as well. Perfect. Yeah. I'll link those in the show notes. And is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered everything. I I really do. I think this was an awesome episode. And (laughs) as we are recording this, I'm, I'm looking out my window and there's like five squirrels underneath our bird feeder and they're just going crazy it is so oh, really because they get the bird seed that falls down oh my god oh my, I know I yeah, know they like they like <laughs> climb up my I have a feeder too and they're like I always see the squirrels like hanging upside down like trying they're to get crazy <laughs> they're oh nuts. my god oh man well thank you so much for coming on Tara this has been really fun and no problem I, thank you for I, having me yes thank you for everything that you're doing for the the pelvic pain community of course If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and following along. If you enjoyed this episode specifically, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell me exactly what you enjoyed about the episode. For more content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Kali K Nutrition.